Hello, welcome to A Leader Like Me podcast, where we will be amplifying diverse voices. My name is Advita Patel. And I'm Priya Bates, and we're co-founders of A Leader Like Me. We really hope you enjoy this listen. This week, we talked to Derek Lorraine, who is Chief Operating Officer of Poxstock, that boasts bold, real, authentic images of people of color. Derek Lorraine is a digital agency veteran and entrepreneur with over 20 years of experience in the areas of leadership, sales, customer service, and operations. Derek joined Poxdoc as Chief Operating Officer in 2021, where he actualizes the strategic roadmap of Poxdoc CEO Steve Jones to create the premier marketplace for stock imagery of people of color. I loved the conversations we had with Derek about leadership and what he needs to do as a leader for this organization and also the need for representation and authenticity. What did you love about this interview, Advita? I I loved the entire concept of what Derek and the team were trying to are trying to achieve. You know, I've always had a bit of a a negative connotation attached to stock imagery. And I think a part of that is because it's quite fake. You know, you know, you never really saw representation uh, of the organisation that you worked in, um, and it, they're all they're all a bit too, you know, a bit too smiling, a bit too bright. And the fact that he's got this organisation now where there's representation in terms of ethnicity has brought me great joy. And I had a quick look at um, the website when we were chatting to Derek, and it's just incredible the work that he's doing. And they also, you know, I love the fact that they're not only representing the uh, ethnicities and the genders and stuff through the imagery, but the work that they're doing in terms of raising the profile of, of, of the diversity, equity and inclusion agenda. And they do a, they do a thing every year, don't they, Priya, a theme every year. And Derek wouldn't give away this year <laughs> as much as we tried to get him to tell us. He wouldn't tell us what the theme was this year, but we spoke quite a lot around the theme that that was last year, which was quite successful. Absolutely. You're talking about the Include Us campaign that they run on an annual basis. So you'll learn more about that campaign and stay tuned for the work, the great work that uh, POC stock, people of color stock imagery is doing out there. So I hope you enjoy this interview. Please leave comments. We'll provide all links and information about Poxstock in our show notes. And we hope you enjoy. We appreciate you being here listening to our conversations and helping us amplify diverse voices. If you're a woman of color who is looking to build courage and confidence, Join The Nest, a safe and supportive community that will help you progress in your career. You can find out more at aleaderlikeme.com. Today, we're really excited to interview Derek Lorraine of Poxdoc. He's the COO of Poxdoc. So before we get started, Derek, tell us a little bit about yourself. First of all, thank you for having me. Um, on this podcast. I'm thrilled to talk to you guys. So a little bit about myself, uh, Derek Lorraine. Um, I am the Chief Operating Officer at Poxdoc. Uh, Poxdoc is a, a diversity media company. Um, and the goal is really to be the primary resource for authentic, positive stock images of people of color. Um, I've been at Poxdoc for a while, going on two years, uh, starting in April. And it's been a whirlwind. 
it's been a whirlwind. It's been, you know, fast and heavy. <laughs> Listening to you share about Pockstock, Derek, you know, Priya and I uh, both work in internal communications and stock images have been our kind of, to be perfectly honest with you, I've got a bit of a, um, a love-hate relationship with stock images. And most of that is because I just think that they just feel a bit fake sometimes. And I, I, and I think the part of that is also there's not enough representation. So what was that kind of, was that your driver, would you say, for Popstock? You know, is that something of, of the company's kind of opportunity to do that? What was the kind of aim behind it? Great, great question. Steve Jones, who is the CEO of Popstock, uh, myself, uh, Deshaun Brown, we all come from agency life. Uh, we've all worked with uh, customers who have asset needs with regards to having diverse images on their websites. We've built intranets and websites, and we've all gone down that road <laughs> of looking for a particular type of image, a particular type of situation with people of color, and we rip our hair out and we can't find it. And that's been a struggle for us for years, right? And then when we find one, it's like, it's like it, doesn't, it doesn't really fit, so you kind of got to edit it. So Steve's goal was really to build a platform that, that has those authentic images of people of color, really. And, and, and it's those images where it's kind of like your neighbor, right? Like if your neighbor is a, you know, South African plumber, <laughs> <laughs> right? You want to be able to find that, you know, and, and what does that look like? What does that feel like? Right? And it, it isn't that, it isn't those standard photos that you see on billboards where it feels fake, it feels staged. It's yeah. really authentic. That's the goal. Yeah. And that's what I love. You know, I love, I love, I love that. And that's what I think the struggle was with me personally, that when I was searching for images or looking for representation, you feel, a, you feel a little bit of sadness, don't you, when you kind of can't find the pictures that you want to represent what the story that you're sharing. And in some organisations, you know, stock images are needed and real images are not appropriate. And I completely understand the, the use behind them. But not having accessibility and, and, and visibility of people across the globe and also within the organisation that you work, was, which I think was the most sad bit of the stock images, which is why I had this kind of relationship with it. So I think, I think what, what, what you folks are doing is, is incredible. Thank you. And, and I felt the same. Like the truth was that when you looked, when you Googled in your stock imagery leaders, you'd find white, lead, white men <laughs> or white people and very little diversity. And, and all the biases that, uh, that we talk about are very prevalent in the stock imageries that are out there. And right. one of the things you talk about or what Pockstock talks about is it's not about just the way the world sees us, but it's the way we see ourselves. Tell me a little bit about that. Oh my goodness. Um, one of the things that, we, that we're doing um, at Pockstock that's a, a driving force for, for a lot of what we do is are building collections, right? And these collections are, think of it as a particular theme, right? So black mothers, you know, uh, black fathers, uh, black doctors. One of the collections that we're working on right now is our crown collection, right? And what that is, is black women now are empowered by the way they wear their hair in the workplace. And we are creating a collection of just 
wonderful, beautiful Black women showing how they wear their hair in a professional setting, how we see ourselves, right? It's, it's a different narrative. It's a different way of telling the story. And, and, it's, and it's a way we want to exude that to the world, essentially, is what it is. And that's really a driving force for Pockstock is, is really about telling, our, telling the story that it sh- and, and the way it should be told from an, Im- from an imagery perspective. I absolutely love that. I think that is an incredible, incredible thing to do. And just to imagine all those young girls who just don't see themselves anywhere and to suddenly see a poster or an image or a website that represents who they are is such a powerful thing for them to acknowledge. And it it can change people's career path, professional path, personal path, that self-belief, you know, and it's one of the reasons Priya and I did set up a leader like me, because when we first had that conversation, uh, a couple of years ago, you know, when we were talking about representation in the work that we, the workplaces that we, we were in, there just wasn't, you just didn't have that. And you feel so isolated and ignored. Um, not for the one we're trying for, you know, don't get, don't get me wrong, we were surrounded by incredible people as well who did help, you know, try to work, but not seeing yourself anywhere, it, it can be so demeaning and we can so, it can really knock, you know, knock you. And the fact that you're doing this incredible actually focusing on black women and their hair and what they wear so they feel proud of who they are and not feel ashamed or feel like they have to hide a part of them because there's so much stereotype and bias is just an incredible thing to do so kudos to Pockstock for, for doing that on on you know what I really want to find out Derek from you is that what was your kind of inspiration to be involved in Pockstock you know you've had a great you know you're a serial entrepreneur you're doing lots of different things and you do some incredible work. But what was it about Pockstock that got you to think, you know what, I'm going to invest my time and energy in this business? Number one, it's mission-driven. And uh, I, I, I felt that for some time I had a void um, and making money is great. You know, everyone, everyone needs to make money to survive. Uh, but for me in particular and where I was in my life, you know, being a, a, a father of four and, and, uh, you know, a, a husband to a beautiful woman. And, and I needed a change. I didn't know what that change was. But I felt when I, when Steve reached out to me and was like, hey, hey, D, and I've known Steve for a long time. And he reached out and said, I started this company and, and, and here's what we're trying to do. Uh, tra- try to change that narrative and, and be that central place for positive images of authentic images of people of color from a stock perspective. I was like, sign me up because I, I, you know, it's, it's, it was, it's one of those things where you kind of know the problem and now there's something that can solve it. (laughs) And I felt that I could be, I could, I could help. So when I started, it was like, I'll do whatever, (laughs) you know, I just want to help. Right. I just want to help. And, and I think that's, that's for myself and for many of the members of our team, it's been that way. It's been about just, we want to help. We want to help this mission. We want to make this successful because it's filling a gap, solving a problem that we've had for such a long time. That's amazing that you started talking about your team, Derek, because one of the things you say on your website is that it's, that it's really important that you hire for diversity. You're very intentional about it. But what we start hearing through a leader like me and through our work is the problem is the pipeline. We hear that the talent pipeline is is limited in terms of diverse candidates. Talk to me about 
building your team and, and the pipeline? Did you struggle with that at all? Uh, you know what? It's, it's, uh, I think there's challenges across the board, you know, with, with just where we are from an industry perspective. It is a challenge. I, I, will, I will say that. Um, but one of the things that we are is very intentional. We have a team that is incredible. And I look at my team and I am thrilled, you know, just from a diversity perspective, like it is amazing what they bring to the table. For instance, we have, I have a team of wonderful curators that are international, right? So I have an international team uh, that sits overseas. I have some of my members are, are in the, in the U S as well. So we get great perspectives, <laughs> Right. And, and these are the folks that are that are managing our content. These are folks that are tagging our content and, and, and inputting that perspective into what goes out in the marketplace. So it starts there. That's and that's really the, the core engine. Right. And then we get into then we get into kind of the leadership. And if I look at my if I look at the leadership and I see all the found all the founders of the company are, are you know, African-American. And then we get into the into the next tier managers and directors. And, and we have, you know, a Latina and we have. You know, we have a few Caucasian folks, and we, it is it is really what the world what the world is with a with a slight twist is that it's being led by people of color. And again, we all bring something great, not only from from our experiences in our workplace, but also from our from our cultural experiences as well to the Pockstock team. And how how do you build that greatness, Derek? You know, you're a leader, you're inspiring. So how do you build that greatness in your team that they start to believe in themselves so they can thrive and succeed as well? What what do you think needs to happen and, and how can we do that better? It's empowerment. You know, I, I definitely empower my team to be successful, setting up proper frameworks. You know, you, you want to give people room to grow and to and to explore, but you also want to set up some good boundaries. I'm a process guy. I love frameworks. I love Excel. I love Google Docs and Google Sheets, you know, but um, I'm keen on meeting people at their level, right? I think it's important to meet people at their level. Everyone's different. I can't, I don't treat everyone the same, right? So giving everyone that attention at the level that they are, giving them the runway to, to grow and to be successful. And then, you know, also acknowledging faults and doing it in a way that is constructive, and then celebrating those wins and, and, and getting that opportunity to give flowers as they're needed. You know, hey, you, you had something successful, even if it's something medium or small, we're going to celebrate those wins because those little things, those little notches help you <laughs> help our employees because it's not easy. You know, as a, in a startup environment, it's fast paced. We're busy. We got, I mean, I've, I'm looking at my whiteboard now and I actually had to buy another whiteboard because I couldn't fit all the things <laughs> on my list <laughs> on the one whiteboard. I had to get another one just to fit the additional things. So, so we're busy and, and, you know, to be able to come into an environment that is fastly moving and fast paced and to know that you're making an impact and to know that leadership, you got people in the leadership that are not only up here in the, in the, in the upper offices, but they're <laughs> on the level that you are and they talk to you and they ask for your input. And you see that, you see that the idea that you, that you've offered is in something and is, and is a part of a deliverable. And you're like, wow, like I just said this one little thing and it just, it actually was a part of this process and it moved the needle. 
that's the type of team, that's the type of environment that we have. You know, it's like, yes, everyone has a particular space in a particular lane, but we're a startup. And sometimes we wear, we wear many hats and we'll, we'll ask for input and we'll ask for thoughts and recommendations. And it happens, it happens all the time, you know? And so it's really, it really comes down to just giving people that, that room and that space and that environment to just really be successful and be a part of something. Yeah. Right? And you know what? I loved what you just shared there before you said you treat everyone differently, right? Because I think what happens, I think whether you're in a startup or whether you're in a massive organization, leaders sometimes make the error of doing a blanket approach and not recognizing the talent and the skills that people have got individually and celebrating that. And I think what you just shared there is incredibly insight. So any leaders or listening should recognize that and think, actually, me, you know, if I'm not getting the, the productivity or the performance or whatever they need to kind of help to make their business a success, they need to look at what is going on. And I think what you just shared, which is sounds simple out loud, but you do have to put the energy in as a uh, energy in as a leader to get the best out of people, and you have to treat them as individuals and not as a, a you know as, as the same people. Or as, as you know, I always just get feedback that my leader thinks I'm a number or an asset, not a person. And I think what you just shared is is great insight. So thank you for that, Derek. And that really is the power of diversity, isn't it? That you're bringing different people, different thoughts, different experiences together to create something better than you ever would have imagined if everybody thought exactly the same way, Right. which is amazing. Um, I want to talk to you about performative diversity. So you're providing these images you're providing all of those things. We're seeing it in commercials. We're seeing, uh, you know, the the diversity, which is something wonderful to see uh, every single day now on images and websites and all of those things. But then I, one of the things I do is I Google that organization and I look at the leadership team and I look at who they've hired recently. And what I'm not seeing is a lot of change because I my suspicion is that the numbers are going to tell a very different story. What what are your thoughts on that? You, it's not necessarily something you can fix through Poxdoc, but tell me a little bit about that. So yeah, I mean, you got to practice what you preach. <laughs> is 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 what I will say to that. And um, you know, one of the things that along with Along with offering, you know, those those diverse images to our to our customer base, we have an Include Us campaign, you know, and that Include Us campaign is an is an annual campaign, and it's really about being leading the conversation, being a thought leader in the conversation, and speaking to those very points. Right, you know, companies have have stated that they know they know that there is a gap from an industry perspective and in, in a spend on diversity spend, you know, when it comes to media, we want to keep people accountable. And our Includers campaign speaks to that, right? Is one of the things that we'll be speaking about, right? So, you know, from, from us, we can only be an example. When we are hiring, you know, we will practice what we preach and, and we'll be a, a bullhorn, <laughs> let people know, look, this is what Poxock's doing. We need to do the same thing. 
I, I was interested in reading about your Include Us campaign and the fact that every year had a bit of a, a theme, yes. if you will. So 2020 was about the disparity in representation, access, health and wealth in the world we see. And 2021 was about tangible action yes. and change. Do, can you give us some insight into what 2022 is about? Have you decided? I, I don't want to give it. I don't want to let the cat out of the bag. We're actually we're actually in the process of deploying that now. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to hold off on that one. Yeah, I, I literally just got out of a meeting, a marketing meeting, and it was it was juicy. We we have we're excited about what's what's coming up for uh, for 2022. It, it is, and it, it's it's on par with that accountability piece as well. So it's very, you, you very, can't very, give us a sneak peek, maybe a, a a summary of the kinds of things you're considering. Oh my goodness, I I want to hold off on that. I want to hold off on that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Freya's trying, Freya's trying to be one of those, uh, Ellen or, or Oprah. You We're going to be very excited to share that when this podcast goes live. And I think it's something that, so is it just so, just for my kind of knowledge, is that, is that campaign that global or is it just for the organization? Can people get involved? How does it get involved if they wanted yes. to? Yeah. So it, it's, it's a pox stop run uh, campaign. Uh, and I want to say every month for the most part, there are a few months where we're not doing something because it's, it is very busy. Um, we're either doing a fireside chat, we're either uh, doing interviews, uh, showcases of artists and contributors of our contributors and, and, and other diverse people of color. Uh, you know, it's a number of things, but it's, it's, it's based on that, on, on, a, on a specific theme, right? Yeah. And uh, this year, again, it is going to be very interesting because what I will say is there's been a lot of promises made <laughs> and, and, and we're going to speak, we're going to speak, we're going to talk a lot about those promises to see, just to keep people accountable. You know, that's a little, a little bit of a tidbit that I will. A little, uh, <laughs> but you're very good, Derek, keeping tight lipped on that. Very good. Well, like I said, we're going to be very excited to see what that's about and, and get involved as well. So we're now coming up to, we're going to ask you a couple of questions. There's like a rapid fire round, but you don't have to uh, say them rapidly, the answers. Uh, we did to think of a better name for that, Priya. Maybe for season two, we'll come up with a better name for this section <laughs> of the podcast. But the first question we'd, we'd like to ask you is, name a leader you admire who has inspired you. Okay. Uh, I love sports. I am, I am a sports fanatic. And I actually really like coaching. So I, I, I coach my daughter's soccer team. So that's one of the things that I do in my negative time. A leader that I really, really love that is in sports is Phil Jackson. They call him the Zen master, right? What I love about, about Phil Jackson is the point I made about meeting people at their level. Um, I watched the documentary on Michael Jordan and I loved it because it just gave more insight as to how Phil Jackson actually worked with the different types of players. So you had Michael Jordan, who was, you know who Michael Jordan is, right? He is this crazed, I need to win all the time athlete, right? And the athlete of athletes, right? You had Scottie Pippen, who was his right-hand man, right? And who had his own head case problems as well, right? Wanted to leave the team and had to have to talk him off the ledge and things like that. And then you had Dennis Rodman. <laughs> Dennis Rodman, who was, you know, for all intents and purposes, the ultimate head case, <laughs> but a great athlete. For Phil Jackson to put together a team and, or to work with a team that was put together because he probably had a part of it, but just to work, have a team that, that, that was put together and to manage all those personalities 
meet them at their particular level. And the, the net of that are championships. Always amazed me. Always amazed me because people always kind of, yeah, they had Michael Jordan, but no, the person to, to manage those personalities and to get them to fit into a particular framework, because it's not only about managing the personalities, but it's about getting them to all be aligned in a particular framework, which we had the triangle offense, right? Process. He had a triangle offense, everyone fit into that offense, and it worked. It was like clockwork, right? Six championships later, you're like, yeah, amazing. That documentary, uh, that documentary was the last dance, right, Derek? Last dance. And it was, and it was excellent. If if you haven't had a chance to watch it, it was a really, really insightful. And I'm not a big sports person, yep. but I really enjoyed the story and that management style and everything you're talking about. So mm-hmm. it is really, it was really well done. And he, they told the story extremely well in terms of those personalities. Yep. I thought that was great. Question two. What is the one piece of advice you would give your younger self? Be kind to yourself. Uh, my previous life, I, I, I had a lot of failures, you know, and this is just, uh, this is the honest truth, right? I, I was, I kept bumping into the, the difference, the sides, the, the bumpers in the side of the road. And sometimes I would veer off and end up in some place where people had to pull me back and, you know, and, and, um, and I was hard on myself and being hard on myself and not understanding that failure comes with where you're at. You're an entrepreneur, you're building a company, failure is a part of the equation and how to deal with that and not letting, not internalizing it because I internalized a lot and it got, it, it was very personal for me. And I let the, I let that take hold of me and I let, I let myself get stuck in the mud a lot. You know, it halted growth, it halted potential successes. And, and I've since learned, wow, like, yeah, you can't beat yourself up, man. Like things happen, (laughs) you know? So I would totally tell myself to things will happen. Failure, failure will happen. Things will, things will occur, but like acknowledge it, bring people in, let people know what's going on. And this is a failure and how you feel because people will have perspectives as well. And, you know, and, and you'll move on right? This is, this is, this is life. This is what happens. This is building a business, you know? So it's being kind to myself. That's really what it comes down to is what I would tell myself. Love that. I think it's so important to be, we always say in our, in our community, well, be kind to yourself and don't fear failure. You know, you learn from failing, you learn from making mistakes, you know, you become a better person for it, in my opinion. And if you never fail, you never learn, right? And and it's just, it's an, it's a, it's a weird world to live in if you never want to kind of fail. And it just makes, in my opinion, and, you know, with prayer and I both had conversations about this in the past, you know, failing is, you know, it's, it's about living authentically and being honest about that. And I think we live in a world now where we just see the kind of the 10 seconds of someone's life on Instagram or on TikTok or wherever, looking like they're having the time of their life. And really, we all know, because we've all been that person at some point, the reality is very different. Um, so I, I love that, you know, be kind to yourself. And I think that's a great, great advice to, to anyone who's listening today. Um, final question, Derek, what wouldn't we know about you just by looking at you? Oh, uh, good question. Um, so, uh, my background, uh, is, uh, Panamanian. So I, I have a Central American mother <laughs> and was pretty much raised in, you know, in Central American 
Panamanian culture, right? So I went to a Spanish church for, you know, up to 13 years of my life. My mom speaks perfect Spanish. I understand a lot, not as much as I should, but I understand enough to survive. And, uh, and you know, I, I, I take that, I take that for everything that it is. And again, I, it, it is one of those things where if you look at me and if you hear me talk, you wouldn't know, <laughs> but, but definitely that, um, I, I love having, I love having that culture as a, as a part of me, right? I love having the, the foods and the, the different customs and the holidays. And when I get together with family and what that feels like, it's just, uh, it's a drug for me. It really is. So yes, it's the, my Panamanian culture is, is definitely, um, you know, something that obviously you wouldn't be able to tell <laughs> by looking at me. <laughs> That's a good one. I would not have guessed. I wouldn't have been able to tell, but you're absolutely right. The the cultural influences that we all have uh, are so rich. They're such rich experiences. And I remember Derek, you know, uh, Advita and I often, we connected because we were both, uh, you know, from different cultures living in Canada and, and uh, Manchester and almost trying to pretend that cultural background didn't exist trying to assimilate. And I think that that's something that has been really, as you get older, as the world starts changing, being able to see the value and richness of all of those things and all of those stories and all of that history that's behind us. Absolutely. So that we actually bring it to the future versus leave it behind. Because because we're all better for it. I, I think I love that. So thank you, Derek, for your time today. We've loved hearing about Poxdoc. For those of you, you know, people of color, authentic, real images, your organization should be taking a look because that's what we're trying to do and be in the future and 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 be more authentic and, and be more inclusive. So so thank you for your time today. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys very, very much. Thank you, Derek.